Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the live stand-up tragedy podcast in the SoundCloud uh, hut, hutch shack. In the SoundCloud shack on the Royal Mile at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Uh, stand-up tragedy is a variety night where we have music, we have comedy, we have storytelling, we have spoken word, and all of it is tragically themed. We had uh, Robin Ince earlier. Uh, this in our run, we've got Simon Munnery coming up at the end. We're at the Fiddler's Elbow every day at 6.30 till 7.30 with an hour of tragedy up until the 14th of August. So thank you and hello and welcome. So one of the things we've been doing at the Fringe is we've been sharing our tragic moments under the hashtag tragic moments. And we've gathered together a couple of people from the Royal Mile to share their tragic moments with you now. So over to those two people who have been flyering, so I'm sure they've got plenty of tragedy to talk about. What is your tragic moment? Um, well, just going off from what he's just said, this is about flyering. Um, every day, there's a huge amount of people here flyering their shows and lots of lovely people that stop and say hello and take our flyers. But I'm from the Goddess of Walnuts, which goes up at 7 p.m. at Paradise at the Vault. Yes, shameless plug, sorry. Um, but my tragic moment is one day I was Yesterday, actually, I was flyering, giving out my flyers, and this man seemed extremely keen, explaining about our show, our two-woman show at 7 p.m. at Parrot. Oh, shameless plug again, sorry. Um, and I gave the flyer, he seemed very keen, and then he went, thank you so, so much. You've given me something to put my chewing gum in, and put it in the bin. It was awful. I was very, very, boo, it was horrible. <laughs> Can you top that? What is your tragic moment? Um... Uh, the cow play. I'm just going to plug mine. I didn't realise we were allowed to do that. I am by no stretch of the imagination an attractive man. And I was hit on more than I've ever been hit on before, like a couple of days ago, by a 58-year-old man who prompted to follow me down the street offering me cigarettes, asking if I was gay, to which I replied no. Asking if I'd ever been gay, to which I still replied no. And then slapping me on the arse and sending me on my way. It was a... Uh, Quite odd. I flat well, I've got his number. Full back plan. It's all good. Is it tragic because it didn't end in something? Yeah, it's really I mean, my heart was broken. That that man totted away down the street, never to see him again. Single tear Well, thank you for your tragic moments. I hope you all you both have a much more enjoyable fringe in the future. If you do need to share some tragedy, we are at the Fiddler's Elbow at six thirty. Come and have a cathartic experience with us. Thank you guys. All right then, bye bye. Thank you. And remember, everybody, if that's inspired some of your own tragic moments, hashtag tragic moments, or send it to at Stand Up For Tragedy. Now. That's the voice there of Brian E., the producer of the podcast. So uh, that's who you're hearing there. The next voice you're going to hear is going to be Charlie Harrison, who is going to be doing some true storytelling, some tragic true storytelling. So... Put your hands together for Charlie Harrison! Hello, hi. Yeah, no, I just thought of this tragic moment on the way here. Um, What you've got to know for this tragic story is that I've got quite a scammy head. And what I mean by that is that when I came into this sound booth here, I said to MJ, who's the other guy that you're going to hear from today, I was like, oh, look at the, look at that. That'd be a good idea, wouldn't it? They've got a charging booth for um, char- charging phones here. You can just put your phone there. And I said to him, that'd be good, wouldn't it, if you just put one of those in a street in London and then you could just, like, steal everyone's phone. And 
he just, yeah, and I think sometimes I just have this <laughs> ability to just sort of think about how I could sort of cheat the system. Another example, um, when I had my bank card stolen, I was kind of annoyed, but also slightly impressed um, at how they'd managed to kind of intricately get my PIN number and steal money from me. Um, so this story is basically about how I did a bit of a scam on a chain of hairdressers in London, which I won't name, I won't name. Um, and uh, judge me, that's all I'm gonna say, judge me. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a chain of hairdressers in London and uh, when I was a student I didn't have much money, but they have a system which is 50% off uh, for your first time at the hairdressers and then it's 50% off if you recommend a friend. So I created like a one woman Ponzi scheme getting 50% off haircuts. So what I do is I went to the first one, I say, hello, I'm Charlie Harrison, 50% off please, lovely. Um, and then the next one, because there's quite a lot of branches, so you go to another branch in a different area of London, and you go, hi, I'm Beck Stevens, I'm Charlie Harrison's friend. And then not only does Beck Stevens get 50% off, so does Charlie Harrison. So then, you know, as it continues beautifully and just multiplies and multiplies, you get 50% off and, you, you, you know, you're sort of just eating them up. So one of the times I did this, it was in Covent Garden, and I went in and I walked straight in there. And um, by this point, I was sort of, I think my name was uh, Lucy Roper, recommended by Racky Shah. You know, I think I was actually the only customer at the hairdresser at, by that point. Um, and I sit down and I've got a form to fill out with my name. Um, and I'm filling it out and she's, she's taking quite a long time and I'm a little bit distracted, a little bit distracted and uh, the hairdresser finally comes over and I filled out new form, you know, Lucy, Roper, kind of got used to it. And then the hairdresser comes over and she goes, hi, I'm Katie, I'm going to be cutting your hair today. And I said, hi, I'm Charlie. And then both of our eyes just fell on the new customer form and read Lucy. Now, I'm going to ask you, Bryony, in that situation, right, how would you get out of that horrendous line? What would you do? So yep. it's your middle name. And Pretend you know your middle name, yeah. Exactly. That's what a normal person would do. And do you guess what, what What the funny thing about that is? Do you know what my middle name is? Lucy. I should. I could have just said that. I could. It wouldn't have even been a lie. But instead, I couldn't think of anything. I looked her right in the eye for ages. And I went, I'm in the process of having my identity changed. <laughs> Which is quite a horrible thing to have to keep up when you then have to sit for an hour with someone slipping at your hair. The only other excuse that I thought of in that moment where I was looking at her for three seconds really intently was I'm in a play where I play someone called Lucy and I've got so into the role <laughs> that I'm calling myself out on application forms. So then of course I have to sit with this girl looking at her for an hour while she clearly knows that I'm uh, one mental or two a scamster. Um, and I just said to her, just make me look as different as possible, please. Just shave it off. Just shave it off. <laughs> and that's my tragic moment about um, doing a scam in hairdressing. Woo! Thank you very much. Well, Charlie, just quickly, what, would, what do you hope our audience here in this, outside the SoundCloud shack took away from that story? Um, don't scam people. It's bad. It's bad. But it is quite fun. And you do get good stories out of it. At the end, so, you know, pros and cons, pros and cons. Who knows? Make, make up your own minds, that's what I'd say in life. You know, don't, don't ask anyone else, just, you know. Cathartic experience. Can I get a round of applause for Charlie Harrison, please? Yeah.
Yeah, so that was Charlie Harrison. She is a up-and-coming comedian. She's a fantastic storyteller, and she is the only other person who has ever hosted Stand Up Tragedy apart from me, which she did a fantastic job the other day. So you should check her out and follow her at Charlie Lucy Ha. Um, on Twitter, obviously. And you can follow us on Twitter at Stand Up For Tragedy while I'm talking about Twitter. Uh, and there's another gentleman who's going to come on stage now who you can follow um, at MJ Hibbert on uh, Twitter. Uh, so MJ Hibbert is going to come on now. He is doing a show called Total Hero Team with uh, his friend Steve. Uh, that is on at the Dram House upstairs uh, every day until the 17th of August at 6 p.m. Uh, it's another free show, the same as ours, so you can go and see it for free. They'll just pass a hat round at the end, like we will, uh, in order to try and collect your money. Or maybe a bucket, actually. You might have a bucket. Some of us, some of us have different styles on the free fringe, but we're all uh, doing a fantastic job. So, here is MJ Hibbert. Put your hands together for MJ Hibbert, everybody! What are you going to do for us today, Mim? Uh, I'm going to do a couple of songs. Uh, both these songs are from the aforementioned show. Um, yeah, that's, and I'm going, to, I'm going to try and play them in, uh, in time uh, with the Christian dance troupe who appear to be next door. If they start clapping, I'm in trouble. Right. All my songs are two minutes long. We're doomed. This is over. So, yes, I'm going to start with a song called um, Get Over It, this song is called. Do to move that slightly down? I'm going to shout. <laughs> Get over it! Yeah, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Just moved back quite a long way after that. That's probably the best. <laughs> Get over it! Get over it! The only person being punished by your principal position is you. Get over it! Get over it! And you'll find yourself supplied with a pile of better things to do. Now then. I wasn't always the macho hunk of sheer beefcake you see before you now. No. At school I was a little fat kid. PE was a weekly hell. And so I poured myself into books. I sneered at those who played games. I set myself above them, resolved I would hate it forever. But then in 1996, I realised what I'd missed. I denied myself the fun of sport, the excitement, the drama, and so in short, I got over it, I got over it. Gaz's goal against the Scottish made my snobbish supposition subside. I got over it, and now I'm over it. Gary Lineker's my guru, Stuart Pierce opened up my mind. I used to say I didn't like curry, I thought it was disgusting and weird. Then found out it's not supposed to have sweet corn, bananas, sultanas, that's just how my mum makes it. Dishwashers, microwaves, Jaffa cakes and the Smiths were things I expressed disdain for when the truth of the matter was this. I might have claimed high principles, but at the end of the day, I wasn't being moral or ethical. I was just afraid, so I got over it, got over it, and decided that denying the delights of life is frankly daft. 
I got over it. Good man, now I'm over it. I won't let the future be decided by the crap that happened in the past. In the words of Sir Ludwig Gutmann, the founder of the Paralympic Games, just sitting around feeling sorry for yourself is no good. Cut it out. Authentic impersonation. Or to put it on Get over it. Get over it. The only person being punished by your principal position is you. Get over it. Get over it. And you'll find yourself supplied with a pile of better things to do. Get over it. Thank you. Uh, and I'll have a go. At, uh, I'll have a go at doing this. Is the theme tune to our show. Um, you can join in with this one as well because it's very repetitive. Uh, this song is called Total. Open brackets. Theme from Total Hero Team. Close brackets. Total Hero Team. Total Hero Team. Fighting for freedom all over the world. If you cry out for justice. Then your cries will be heard by the Total Hero Team. Total Hero Team. Fighting flying, very exciting. Total Hero Team. Using our powers in the fight against crime. If it's naughty o'clock then, it's a quarter past time for the Total Hero Team. So it was repetitive, Total Hero Team. No one is braver, we're here to save you, Total Hero Team. Many members we have had, but they never seem to last. They come and go like office biros. For instance, Captain Terrific got demoted. The exploding girl exploded. Mr. Pyrotechnic, he caught fire. Oh, Mrs. Monster went all weird. The invisible girl disappeared. The immortal man died. We've lost more staff than G4S, so we're recruiting yet again. Previous applicants need not apply for the Total Hero Team. Total Hero Team. Known as Braver, we're here to save you. Total Hero Team. Everyone, give it up for MJ Hibbert. Thank you. That's MJ Hibbert, his show clashes with us, but they're both free and they are good to go on separate days, consecutive days. Why not? Um, so now I'm going to pass you over to Bryony, the producer of the Stand Up Tragedy podcast, who is going to be having a conversation with our two performers about tragedy. Come over here, guys. Welcome to my tragic discussion. Just let Mark put his guitar away. So, Charlie, would you like to just give this like to introduce yourself? Tell us what you do. What you've performed before for Stand Up Tragedy, obviously, as mentioned, what you do as part of the team. Okay, my name's Charlie Harrison. I perform tragic true stories from my childhood. Uh, they don't make me do it. I just, deci- I just decided I wanted to do it um, as part of the Stand Up Tragedy performance. Sometimes I do stand up comedy, which I'm getting into, and um, I write the blog as well. Yeah. Okay, thank you. And so what, how do you describe what you do? Uh, what I do is... Uh, uh, it's a, having an ongoing midlife crisis I've been having since I was 22 to be fair uh, what we're doing here is uh, it's a two man musical a proper musical uh, about superheroes 
with many costume, many, many costume changes and puppetry and all sorts of exciting things. Sounds dramatic, highly dramatic, highly theatrical. That's the word I was going for. Bit of drama, bit of tragic drama. Exactly. Now, guys, you've never met before, have we? No, no. no. Not until briefly, but stand-up tragedy is all about sharing a cathartic experience. When an audience comes into our live shows, they don't know what to expect. One minute they'll be laughing. One minute they'll be having a fit. And hopefully we always really hope that, yes, no they won't. Charlie, behave. They will be, maybe you'll be crying, Bonzi. When the atmosphere gets going in a room, it's really, really engaging. So we always try to do that. We hope somebody takes stuff away from it. We learn things. And so I thought that we would share some tragedies between each other, like guys, so that we can get to know each other a little bit. Hopefully maybe learn a little bit from each other. So, are you ready to share some tragic memories with me? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Good. <laughs> would have been bad if he said no, wouldn't it? <laughs> I, would, I would have to... That would be a tragedy, yes. can I just say. Yep. So, uh, my first theme for a tragic memory, and I will give you a few seconds to think of one. You can say who wants to go first. Is a school tragedy. Charlie, Mark, have you had a school tragedy? Uh, school pretty much was a tragedy, uh, for me, yes. Uh, I, remember, I, I tragic moment. I remember during my school years. It was actually uh, out of school when I was in the Scouts as a schoolboy, when we went on a, on the uh, the church parade march. And it was a really big church parade march. We were going to the cathedral, and I really needed a wee the whole way round. And when we got to the cathedral, I thought, did that foolish thing that one always does. I thought, just let a little bit out, and and then it'll be fine. If a little bit comes out, it'll be fine. So I let a little bit out, and then all its little friends wanted to join it as well in a cathedral with incredible acoustics. It sounded like a machine gun was going off as it rattled around the floor and everybody looked at me and indeed smelt me. And that was my tragic moment from school. I didn't expect that, but thank you for sharing. Charlie, tragic school memory. So mine was in year five. I'm in year five and Miss Miller-Smith is my teacher. Everything's going well. I'm quite a popular kid up to this stage. And then I try to get the teacher's attention because I want to ask her something. And I simply go, Mum... Is that something that everybody in our live SoundCloud st studio audience, is that something you've all experienced? Yes. So embarrassing, yeah. so embarrassing. I think that's one that we can all learn, well, we don't need to learn from that anymore. We've all, we've all left school thoroughly. <laughs> okay, next tragedy. Have you ever experienced a tragic holiday memory? Oh, uh, yes. Uh, yes, I, I went on a holiday just after I left school, as I was in the process of leaving school. We went on a uh, sort of holiday slash... It was called a jailbreak. You had to get as far away from school as you possibly could. And being idiots, uh, being an 18-year-old idiot, uh, we decided to go to Paris, but didn't get ourselves anywhere to stay. And so we found some... Uh, one of my friend's pa uh, parents knew somebody, and we went around to their house, and we knocked on the door, and the door swung open in a ghostly fashion, and there was nobody there. And we ended up walking the streets of Paris... And so my friend Michael, who was Italian, met an Italian man who said, yes, of course, come sleep here in my shed around the back of my dirty shop. And uh, so we slept there. Um, but the tragedy is that I've uh, been telling my friends, like, well, I've got friends with kids who are about that same age, who go, no, no, let your, let your kids go on holiday. It's fine. Here's what happened to me. And none of their, friend, their children have left the house since. Wonderful. I hope you learned from that. <laughs> Charlie, how about you? Have you had a tragic holiday? So my tragic holiday experience was going to Butlins in Bognor Regis with my mother, who I don't even like that much. Oh, I like how this has turned into a bit of a pantomime instead. 
<laughs> That's it. That's all you need to know. We'll leave that one to your imaginations. I'm sure you've all... Uh, I hope that that's all set off some of your... Um, some mem tragic memories of our audience's own. One more. Have you got a tragic love memory? Oh, this one stumped them a little bit. Maybe it's quite personal. I'm just trying to think of something that's PG. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, guys. Um, mm. Maybe a, a tragic young love, first young, first love, first kiss. I know my first oh, kiss. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. okay. <laughs> yes, that Yes. Uh, when I was at college, uh, I was I was madly in love uh, with a friend of mine. A, a friend, a friend. It was the 1980s, so I was very proud of having friends who were girls because that was a thing we were proud of in those days. And uh, I know different times. And um, yes, yeah, so I was also madly in love with her. Unfortunately, and at the end of term, I actually we actually kissed. And it, it was all very, very exciting. But I was being a sensitive idiot. I was still an idiot when I was 21. Uh, and um, still an idiot now, to be fair. But, um, but I got really upset and really stressed about, oh, how is this going to change our friendship? And all those idiot things that people think of that age. And uh, I went home. I was going home the next day. And I was going around the house going, oh, 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 being really dramatic. And my, eventually my mum said, oh, for goodness sake, whatever is the matter. And I said, last night, mother, I kissed my best friend. And my mother was absolutely horrified. She went like, what was his name? And uh, I, I was quite disappointed to have to explain that it wasn't a boy after all. It would have been more exciting, but yes, that was the uh, that was my, that was the best that my mother thought of me. That. That's terrible. Oh, that's so sad. Nothing worked out for me. <laughs> Charlie. Well, I'm trying to think of one. Um, mine was, uh, I was five months into a relationship. And about, about that time in any relationship I have, I start to think a bit, you know, sort of, sort of sell by date kind of kind of zone and um uh, i'm thinking i'm sort of thinking this is this has been lovely but it must come to an end um i'm laying the groundwork to kind of split up with this guy um that week i'm working at the daily mail uh, judge me at this point um i'm working at the daily mail and i get a phone call from this guy's father who i've never met before and he says hi this is max's oh no, I shouldn't have really said Hi, that. this is... Oh, um, which we... Yeah, no, I... Yeah, anyway... This is beeps. I can't, yeah, I can't really go on now. Can't continue. Oh, okay. Anyway, it was all very, very tragic. Yeah. I can't. I genuinely can't. We'll leave that one to everybody's imaginations and how that turned out. Basically, basically car crash, um, lots and lots of arguing, lots and lots of tears, and social um, shame. Brilliant. Yep. So, on that note, do we all feel like we've <laughs> shared in each other's tragedies? Do we feel like we've got to know each other a little bit better? Yes. If anything, too much. <laughs> if anything, too much. Excellent. So, let's take the discussion. I'm going to take it, now that we all know each other and feel nice and comfortable. I've got, um, on our podcast, we like to discuss tragedy. We have loads of different artists. So, we have like comedians, we have poets, we have musicians. I think we've had magic, we've had cabaret we have yeah, some spoken word we have absolutely everything and everybody uses tragedy differently when they come to us how would you both describe the way that you use tragedy in your own work i use it to shock people and make people laugh and make people think about something that is perhaps a little bit more than you might get if you just switched on some daytime tv I, I use it cynically uh, to make people go, oh, halfway through oh. a song, and then oh. putting a punchline at the end, so they go, oh, it was all right in the end. 
What kind of things would you consider tragic around you? Like, are you happy sharing personal things, or do you think there's a bigger picture that needs to be shared? Even if it is in a comedic way, just to make people think. Um, how do you mean? You mean we need to like address the situation in? Yeah, if there's anything that you think is <laughs> something like that. Yeah, some people do. Yeah. Yeah. Is something that you ever feel needs to be said, or something at that the you moment, want to as express? As a new comedian, I'm keeping it quite personal. But you may be able to see parallels in into the larger world. Well, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of basic. It's not what I do at all, really. I, 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 um, I, I very much find that um, I see a lot of music because I come from the world of music rather than the world of comedy. Um, so I don't see as much tragedy as you do in the world of comedy because uh, there are less comedians uh, involved. Um, but in the world of music, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think there's a lot of there's, there's a lot of space. A lot of people do um, tell the stuff that is sad, uh, but I prefer to tell the stuff that isn't sad because I think it's not not going to spoil the point of the entire uh, do. But but I, I always think that um, something saying something that's good and something that's happy is actually a hell of a lot more difficult than pointing out something that's sad. And I, I, I that's why I, and I think it's worth doing. So I try to do that way. I think that tragedy does have a massive part, though, in the Edinburgh Fringe, in the fact that there are so many comedy shows. And sometimes just to laugh, just to laugh again and again and again and again becomes quite exhausting. And I did that the other day. And then I did come to a stand-up tragedy show. And fair enough, I was pretty emotionally fragile at this point of the week. It's about four days into Edinburgh. But I felt nourished in a way that a laugh wouldn't the kind of emotions that I was feeling the kind of past that people were tapping into the kind of tragedy that people were talking about felt quite a nourishing emotion at that stage when I'd had so many kind of jokes and laughs there was something I was wondering you guys have been to the fringe now you've experienced things have you seen have you got any examples of something that you've seen maybe at this fringe or another one that's really really made you think like something that really really like yeah stuck with you there's one particular experience, which was um, Bob's Bookshop. And I'm going to keep this PG, but all I'm going to say is it was about 2 a.m. in the morning. There was a lot of alcohol involved and maybe some other substances, which, again, I'm not going to name. I've got good at this. And um, all I'm going to say is he did the countdown. Imagine the countdown. Do, 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 using a part of his body. So that was, that was, that was very memorable for me. I don't, I don't know what you do in that situation. It must have been a bit of a conundrum. <laughs> yes. uh, yeah, I, I actually saw a show a couple of days ago called The Islanders uh, with Eddie Argos and Amy Mason, uh, which is a brilliant, lovely, lovely show. Uh, it, it, it's about uh, a relationship that people, the, the two people had when they were teenagers and they lived together as teenagers. And, and it was beautiful because it evoked the whole experience of being, I've, just, I've been saying this all the time, but it's, of being an absolute idiot when you're young and making the wrong decisions about everything. And uh, it, it was a beautiful... It, I, I cried at the end of it. It was such a lovely story. It was like the girl was really going, oh, everything's so bad and so terrible and being really sensitive. And the bloke was just going, hey, everything's great. And I thought, God, I've been in those relationships where there's two of you really trying to make it work together. And what it just made me think, I'm glad I'm not young anymore. Yeah, that's absolutely the kind of thing that we aim to do at Stand Up Tragedy. Um, you're both artists. Behind the scenes is Edinburgh quite a good place to share ideas and get, be inspired between different performers. Yeah, for sure. I've had some ideas. I went to see a show last night called Foreigner Go Home and it inspired me to write a story about a squat that I visited 
And yeah, because she was talking about squats, she'd make it really, really evocative. And I said to her, you've inspired me to write a story that's pretty inspirational. But I think the key is to keep writing because it, it's all sort of gone through. It's like such a blur and you can see loads and loads of different things. And I'm all wide-eyed, but I think to record those and write them down because I'll forget very easily. Yeah, that's true. I mean, because I'm trying to keep a blog every day while I'm here just so I, just so I remember what I did. Really, at my age, that's, that's the best I can hope for. But yeah, it certainly does make you think. I mean, I, there's always, to put it in uh, more cynical terms, there's always ideas you can nick if you go and see somebody doing something that's really interesting. I saw um, Dan and Dan doing their live show uh, yesterday, and it was full of amazing ideas and really, I mean, it was a proper comedy. He does uh, videos normally, and it, but it was a proper comedy show that had been properly worked out, but it was so full of ideas, and he was using technology and all sorts of amazing yeah. ideas. It was fantastic. I, I saw this, uh, this uh, troupe actually called Dan and Dan just the other day, and there's some really amazing new ideas in it and really brilliant. I just thought I'd point that out. Is there, um, what do you hope that your audiences take away from your shows? If you are connected with something that emotionally, do you think they do? Uh, well, first of all, I, I hope they take away a free CD because I've bought five boxes of them with me and I don't want to take them back. It's, it's too much to bother. And, but also, I hope they take away that, you know, um, what, 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 we're sort of, what we're trying to do is do a musical uh, with the barest bones of what you can actually do it with. So we do it with two blokes, some hats and a guitar. And so I hope they take away the idea that actually musicals don't have to be massive, big, showy, awful things. They can be something that's great fun. Was the question what? Yeah, what do you hope from, as one of the, part of the stand-up tragedy team, just to wrap things up, how do you think the audiences leave the stand-up tragedy venue feeling every night? Different, very different on each night, I think. That's the beauty of stand-up tragedy. I think it's very, very different. Sometimes uplifted, sometimes a little bit pensive sometimes just a little bit drunker than they were when they started um but you know that's the beauty of it it's it's various it's a variety show that is the beauty of the fringe so thank you we've got mj hibbert charlie harrison can i get a round of applause please thank you for joining me guys thanks for joining us here on the soundcloud stage uh you're welcome to leave now because we won't have you back on but, uh, but, but the last time that well, we will have you on our night, but we won't have you back on this particular live recording that we're doing now. But uh, we have the last time I did a podcast on this very in this very uh, shack. Have I got that right? In this very shack on the Royal Mile. Um, unexpectedly, someone popped by and became a part of the podcast. And that's going to happen again today. So I'd like you to welcome to the microphone a performer who will be performing with us tonight at Stand Up Tragedy at 6.30 or 7.30 at the Fiddler's Elbow. This is Daniel Simpson, uh, and he's a true storyteller, and I'm going to let him do a little uh, explanation about what he's going to be doing tonight. So this is a teaser for what's going to happen tonight. So put your hands together for Daniel Simpson! Hi Daniel. Hello Bryony, how are you doing? So explain, so what are you going to be doing for Stand Up Tragedy? Well just to pick up on the uh, theme of cheating and stealing, because as a former professional journalist that's what I was trained to do, um, I'm going to be remixing Dante's Inferno with a splice of uh, Hunter S. Thompson's Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas and the generous lashing of hubris as I tell the story of why I quit my job as a successful foreign correspondent to run a music festival in Serbia when it all went horribly wrong and we got robbed by the Mafia. Wow, do you think that's quite an important story to share with people so that it doesn't happen again? Well, I mean, I wouldn't advise running a music festival in Serbia necessarily, but um, I, I, I like telling the story because it, uh, it was a story that opened my eyes to a lot of things you know, about how the world works, really. That's why I called the book that I wrote about it A Rough Guide to the Dark Side. Dark side of foreign policy, dark side of the, the Western media, dark side of the Balkans, dark side of my own psyche. Um, why is stand-up tragedy a good place to perform that kind of piece? 
it's cathartic, but um, it's also a chance to laugh at myself, which is quite good fun. Um, for a while, I was feeling quite sorry for myself after getting involved in something that was uh, such a, you know, an obviously bad idea. But uh, yeah, in the end, I think uh, that you know, the power of laughter shines through in the story, and uh, it's nice to be able to get on stage and uh, have people laughing with me as well as at me. Yeah, I think that's lovely. I think that is the idea of um, what we try and do at Stand Up Tragedy is make the performers like learn something as much as the um, the audience. So um, yeah, so you'll be on tonight. We'll see you there. Brilliant. Hey, round of applause for Daniel Simpson there. He's performing with us tonight and he's performing with us one other night, but I'm not going to tell you which night. You have to look on the website for that. The website is www.standuptragedy.co.uk. We're, as I've said... Oh, at I know, I remember. Daniel's is www.roughguidedarkside.com and he's wearing it. He's modelling for us. Really it's nice beautiful. Time. So that's where you can find Daniel. Um, and... Uh, so, as I said earlier on, we had performance from MJ Hibbert, who is doing Total Hero Team at the Dram House upstairs, uh, venue 299, till the 17th of August at 6pm. And we are doing stand-up tragedy at 6.30 at the Fiddler's Elbow downstairs, venue 71, until the 14th of August. And we're podcasting this experience every day of the festival. So there'll be a daily dose of tragedy up until the 26th or 27th of August. It's absolutely exhausting, Brian. It's absolutely exhausting me, but that's what tragedy is all about. Exhausting yourself to the point of catharsis. So that's what we're going to be doing. Come and see us do that at 6.30, as I said. And you can find the podcast on iTunes. You can find it on SoundCloud, which is why we're on the SoundCloud shack today, why we're in the SoundCloud shack today. SoundCloud shack, it's quite hard to say lots of times. Um, So that's why we're here. And also you can find it on the Stitcher Smart Radio app, which you can download for free to your smartphone and keep a little bit of tragedy in your pocket. In fact, you can also download the SoundCloud app and keep that in your pocket as well. Why not have lots of different brands in your pocket of things to listen to audio things on? Uh, There we go. So that is, it has been a pleasure for us to do this for you today on the Edinburgh Fringe, at the Edinburgh Fringe, on the Royal Mile. My brain has gone to pot. I can't even string a sentence together. And for now, the tragedy is over.